from the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities. This is Backstory with the American History Guys. Welcome to the show. I'm Brian Ballow, and I'm here with Ed Ayers. Hi, Brian. And Peter Onuf's with us. Hey, Brian. 500 years ago today, Christopher Columbus landed on a Caribbean island thinking he was off the coast of Asia. He found this is a CBS News report from October 12, 1992, Columbus Day. Was he a genius, a tyrant, or both? As John Blackstone reports, the argument is gaining momentum today. Ground zero for that argument was San Francisco. Columbus Day was a big deal for the city's Italian-American community. They'd been celebrating it since 1869. There was a parade with floats and marching bands and local politicians mugging for the crowd. Italian-American girls competed to be crowned Queen Isabella. And of course, there was also Christopher Columbus. Each year, a reenactor represented the great navigator himself, complete with sword and gold cross. And for the 500th anniversary, the coordinating committee had something special planned. Columbus would arrive not by plane, train, or automobile, but by boat, just like in olden times. Joseph Cervetto was all dressed up and ready to wade ashore triumphantly as part of the festivities in San Francisco yesterday. But when Cervetto's boat got close to shore on the big day, his crew noticed a problem. There was a crowd of around 4,000 protesters lining the waterfront. They were part of a coalition led in part by the American Indian Movement, and they held signs with slogans like, End 500 Years of Racism, and No to Slavery and Genocide. They were there to stop Columbus from landing. One of those protesters was a man named Sam Diener. He was on shore handing out pamphlets, and he remembers other protesters bobbing out into the bay in boats. He called it a peace navy. This motley collection of canoes and kayaks and sailboats with signs and banners and folks sort of crisscrossing the bay ready to greet uh, any ship that came in with the Columbus actor. <laughs> the welcoming party was so unfriendly that Columbus just waved from way out beyond the breakwater and kept on sailing. Maybe next year he might show up. <laughs> There was an announcement that came out that the folks who were organizing the Columbus landing had decided not to run the gauntlet of the Peace Navy and, and not to land at Aquatic Park after all. And a big cheer, you know, came from the crowd. And, and basically at that point, people hugged each other and congratulated each other, and uh, we dispersed. Unfortunately, the day didn't end so peacefully. After Columbus turned around, most of the protesters, like Sam, went their separate ways, but a few hundred headed over to the official parade, which wound through a heavily Italian part of town. According to news reports, that's when things got out of hand. Some protesters threw raw eggs at parade floats. Others shouted, mass-murdering pig, at the Columbus reenactor, who had, yep, finally made it to land. A few even threw Molotov cocktails. Some paraders fought back, leading to fights in the street. In the end, police arrested 40 demonstrators for disrupting the parade and inciting riot. National newspapers and TV networks picked up the story. It was the first major Columbus Day protest to get this kind of widespread coverage. And for many Americans, it was their first real exposure to the idea of Columbus as a villain. 
I, I, I remember also going home on the bus, talking with this older uh, Italian-American woman who uh, was just befuddled and confused and, and, and a little bit hurt by all these protests. And she was like, what, why are you protesting Columbus? Are you, are you anti-Italian? You know, what, what, what is this? And it, it disturbed her. And that was interesting to me to sort of encounter a previous generation's view of Columbus and what Columbus for her meant was about her Italian pride, not having been ever been exposed to the idea that Columbus committed horrible crimes.